my question is, do we really need a digital currency? After all, don't we already have digital banking everywhere? We talk about printing money, but it's really just a ledger up there at the Fed, you know, New York Fed. So I see no benefit for a digital currency, just just tyranny and the loss of liberty uh, with, with your financial matters. Very concerning. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Conversations That Matter. I'm your host, Alex Newman. We have a very special guest joining us today. I, I had the pleasure of meeting him when I was uh, up speaking in uh, North Idaho uh, just uh, a month or two ago. Uh, fascinating individual. He is a longtime JBS member. He is the founder and president of IDP Consulting. Uh, he's also the author of America's Financial Reckoning Day, which is what really intrigued me. Uh, it's about so many of the things that we talk about at the New American Magazine in terms of, uh, you know, what's going on with the currency, what's going on with the dollar, what's going on with uh, the out of control government. Uh, and and Chuck is really interesting because he comes a lot of this from a biblical perspective. He's actually got a degree in Christian apologetics and comparative religions, which uh, for me is just uh, fascinating. Uh, Chuck, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, it's obviously been in the news a lot lately, this um, move around the world away from the U.S. dollar. Uh, you've got communist China and even some allies, uh, traditional allies of the United States, like France, now starting to do more and more deals uh, in currencies other than the U.S. dollar. Uh, what does this mean for Americans? What does this mean for our currency? And where do we go from here? Well, this is a major theme theme in my book. Um, using losing the reserve currency status, you know, uh, nations have been moving away from the U.S. dollar. We've seen this in the you know recently with uh, Russia, China, Brazil, and others. And I think it's because uh, what we did in Ukraine, we started um, imposing and weaponizing the dollar with sanctions over there, and so they're moving around the other payment systems and SWIFT and so on. So at one time, the U.S. dollar was about 90% of, of reserves. It's about 55 uh, a couple of years ago, and now it's down to about 47%. So you can just see that they're slowly uh, going away like this. And these foreigners, you know, they hold about six, seven trillion dollars of, of currency reserves, about seven or eight trillion of our bond market. Um, and someday uh, they're going to dump those assets. You know, uh, that's the privilege of having the reserve currency. And, you know, you, you know, the history, I mean, 1944, Bretton Woods Agreement it did establish the dollars, the reserve currency, and uh, pegged it to gold at $35 an ounce. And this allowed the, uh, the U.S. to basically, our main export is inflation over those many years, and to run trade deficits without any problem. In other words, uh, we can just get away with this. Other nations can't do that. And this is what they call signorage. You can print a $100 bill for 17 cents and get $99 in goods and services from the rest of the world. I mean, that distorts world trade big time. And, uh, you know, in monetary circles, this is known as Triffin's Dilemma. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. And, you know, because uh, I think that sums it up. In 1961, he was a Yale professor, and he noted how the U.S. was going to lose its uh, reserve currency status. It was aboard afforded this lose fiscal policy. And the dilemma was how to retain confidence in the dollar uh, if you're going to, you know, uh, behave that way. And the other dilemma was equally important, and that was uh, we we pledged to convert U.S. dollars for foreigners into gold. And by uh, 1960, under the Marshall Plan, um, they had we had I think it was 36 billion dollars in pledges against 18 billion dollars in gold. So, you know, we were we were in a in a bind there. 
So the banksters, they created the London Gold Pool in 1961. It's important because they always want to stabilize the price of gold. And they wanted to suppress the price or uh, maintain its convertibility at least to $35. And so they did this till about 1968, and they failed in that. And so in 1969, they introduced a special drawing right, which is uh, from the IMF. And other countries like France and OPEC were dumping our dollars, very critical of our policy. And they call it our exorbitant privilege, which really it is to have the reserve currency. And um, so in 1971, this is very important, Nixon decoupled gold from the US dollar. And I like to point out that that was a delivery default on on gold, silver, whatever. And uh, John Connolly, you know, the Europeans didn't like it. He said, well, it's our currency and your problem. It just kind of it's just kind of the attitude that that America has. So so we have a totally fiat currency now. And uh, of course, in 1974, you know, they set up the petrodollar to recycle the bond market and so on. And uh, and look at the Saudis right now. They're they're moving away from the U.S. dollar peg. They um, actually might become a member of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. I want to touch on that. And um, so I think at some point, you know, we've. Since 2008, we've just papered over this crisis, you know, to an economic crisis. And, and now it's a monetary crisis. Now it's uh, the dollar. We saw the SDR allocation in, uh, moved up in 2009. And it's just a unit of exchange. Uh, the SDR is uh, with five basket currencies in there, U.S., Euro, and so on. And I think they might force a gold component in that in a monetary crisis reset um, that I see coming. And China would like this. They want to decanize the world. Uh, they want a multipolar world. You know, they want to get away from that. And uh, right now, they've the IMF just introduced the Unicoin, which is a um, digital currency payment system, whatever. So you can see, see the move away. So what do you think comes next then? Uh, you know, I, I did see the announcement during the IMF uh, spring meetings from this uh, so-called digital currency monetary authority that they were working on this system. I, I guess the IMF has said that they uh, have nothing to do with this. But, uh, you know, I've, I've been sounding the alarm about this move toward a one world currency, a one world fiat currency. Um, my entire career in journalism, actually, one of the earliest uh, cover stories I did for The New American was called Waking Up to a Global Currency. Um, and it seemed very much like the the highest levels of the power establishment here in, in the United States had jumped on board with this. You had Timothy TurboTax Geithner publicly saying at the Council on Foreign Relations that uh, the Obama administration supported this communist Chinese proposal to make the IMF special drawing right into the kind of global reserve currency. Um, is that what we're headed toward? Are we headed toward a one world digital currency? Uh, and, and what does that mean for Americans? Well, unfortunately, and uh, and the SDR, you know, it's a unit of it out of account. It's used at the Bank of International Settlements and the Exchange Stabilization Fund, those shadowy organizations. So you can see they're 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 giving it, they're favoring it, and um, it would solve in a way. It would solve Triffin's dilemma that one country shouldn't have the reserve currency, not China. We wouldn't trust them, not anybody else. But um, you know, that would I think solve it. So. So they're moving into this area of digital currency, a digital currency monetary authority. I mean, who who gave them that authority? You know, it's like, um, but they they want to push this on us. And currently, eleven nations are adopting this. Seven of the G20 uh, nations are doing it as well. 
adopting uh, digital currency platforms. But my question is, do we really need a digital currency? After all, don't we already have digital banking everywhere? We talk about printing money, but it's really just a ledger up there at the Fed, you know, New York Fed. So uh, central banks are promoting it as a new form of legal tender. And that's pretty dangerous because that means um, they can uh, decide what's legal. You know, I would say real money like gold and silver doesn't need legal tender laws. Um, but here they are. And I see it as a plot to eliminate cash. Uh, I think it's a sinister plot. And um, I think it was Jim Rickards who called it Bitcoin's evil cousin, you know, to have digital currency. And they want to regulate the cryptos out of business. You can kind of see what they're doing with that. Um, and they always stress the need for inclusion for the unbanked. I mean, seriously, only 5% don't have banking accounts, homeless people and drifters. And I don't know. so they're, and they even said this at the World Economic Forum, they kept pushing inclusion and diversity and equity and, you know, that whole thing. But this would allow them to force negative interest rates, um, tax collection, you know, uh, social credits. How about a VAX certificate, QR codes, track your carbon footprint. And I think that's what they have in mind with this whole thing. And it, and it would also mean, I suppose, a direct wallet or ledger with the, uh, the central bank. I mean, there'd be no competition, no interest bearing accounts and so on. But who wants to, the Fed to be your banker? Uh, seriously, Alex, I mean, you know, this, this is all part of a tech, technocracy agenda. You know, Pat Wood wrote the uh, forward to my book. We've been friends for many years and it just looks like this is where it's all coming. Uh, the World Economic Forum is eager to impose a great reset, you know, and, and uh, of course the Bible talks about a society uh, where you can't buy or sell unless you have some form of positive ID from the government in Revelation 13. So, I mean, you know, you can just see where they're going. I see no benefit for a digital currency, just just tyranny and the loss of liberty uh, with, with your financial matters. Very concerning. I should mention also, and maybe you heard of this, that Nigeria adopted this a year ago, digital currency. Now they have a population of about 220 million and they can only get about 0.5% of the population to get involved with that. And so, Last December, they, they launched an all-out war against the people who were hoarding cash, and they had to turn it in, this cash, and for the new. And so they flushed out people who were hoarding cash and so on. So, And now they've imposed cash withdrawal limits. So you can see where this is going. You know. Yeah, yeah. the Europeans are doing that too. The EU has now put in place uh, continent-wide limits on cash transactions. You've got multiple governments now have banned uh, cash transactions over 1,000 euros. Uh, they're very rapidly moving in this direction. Folks, we're going to go to break. When we get back, we'll talk more with Chuck Copes about um, where this is all headed and um, you know whether there is any hope here, what we may be able to do about what's coming. So stay with us. We'll be right back. All right, parents, listen up. We've all seen the countless examples of how radical, radical leftists have been destroying American schools. It's no longer just about the terrible math and reading levels. Now, radical left teachers birthed from liberal universities are forcing gender indoctrination in, in kindergarten. They're teaching lessons on white guilt. Freedom Project Academy has perfected live on, online learning over the course of a decade. I get a ton of great feedback about this program, a ton. 
They're built on Judeo-Christian values. A classical curriculum, what does that mean? It means they're taught, your children are taught the way that the founding generations of the country. My own son Noah did Freedom Project Academy for uh, several years uh, when he was younger. The more we tell our friends about these things, the more people will get on board, and and I believe that we can be the catalyst to some real change. We must save the West. Our way of life and our culture is under attack, and because of patriots like you and your project, I have optimism for the future. What is America's Financial Reckoning Day, and what role has the Federal Reserve banking cartel played in getting us into this mess? Well, that's a good question. I mean, you know, you know the history on that too. It's insidious. In fact, discovering that just the Federal Reserve, uh, where money comes from, and really woke me up. You know, James Madison said there's two ways to destroy a nation: one is through the sword, and one is through debt. And the Fed is we don't people don't realize we have a debt based monetary system. We create money out of thin air, but it's even worse than that. We create it out of debt and then mortgage the future and uh, against, you know, and we issue bonds against a fiat currency. So this is a whole world of, of banking with the Federal Reserve. And, you know, money should be a store of value. That's the nature of my business with gold and silver. It should be divisible, durable, scarce. All those qualities. In fact, uh, like I said, le- you know, gold and silver, real money doesn't need legal tender laws. And uh, and fractional reserve banking, we can see what a mess that is. Just today, First Republic was in trouble all weekend, and now J.P. Morgan's gotten in there in the FDIC. And look, these we've had three of the four largest bank collapses in the last what two months, and uh, it's all a Ponzi scheme, you know, because uh, they consider your deposit as an asset and a liability. You know, that's how that works. They run two books, and it's like the movie with George Bailey, if you remember. Um, and it's a wonderful life. Everybody came in for their money at the same time. And he said, your money's not here. And that's 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 what it is. So it's a real perversion to have a central bank as our fiscal agent. Um, it's unconstitutional. Uh, Article 1, Section 10, as you know, we should have only gold and silver. And uh, Article 1, Section 8 says we can borrow against U.S. credit. So that's what they did. They're borrowing bonds. They're issuing bonds and then issuing money. And you know, where do you, I mean, inflation is the silent partner of the Federal Reserve, isn't it? I mean, you always have to have inflation. They, in fact, they want a 2% uh, inflation target rate. After 50 years, you'd have nothing. I mean, why do we even have inflation? Why should we uh, have that? And and it's, uh, so the Fed is, is just insidious. And, you know, they've just papered over the crisis uh, since 2008. And uh, it's all crony capitalism up there. And we should abolish the Fed. You know, the Congress created the Fed and they can abolish the Fed. You know, um, that's all in my book. That short history is in the first, uh, I don't know, 50 pages of my book. And it's a real primer because I borrowed on G. Edward Griffin, um, the creature from Jekyll Island, which uh, banking was created in secret. You know, they didn't want you to know this. But I think what we really need is a mark to market uh, event and where assets are, are properly priced, overvalued comes down and silver goes to the moon and we can just see that day coming. I think we're going to have um, major d- delivery defaults at COMEX and so on in gold and silver. And my business is just getting pretty busy. I think they're going to reprice gold in a monetary reset, you know, up to 20, 30 grand. So it's all in the works. It's That's all in my book as well. Uh, you don't suppose they'll just come out and steal everybody's gold like they did with an executive order back uh, during FDR's day? No, there'd be no reason for it. Everybody, everybody had gold in 1934. Uh, nobody, 1% do now. What would it do? Pay down the debt? I mean, you know, $31 trillion. So 
I don't see that, especially not, silver has never been regulated. Silver I, is my favorite because it's the most undervalued uh, asset. It's 80 to one ratio right now to gold and silver. It should be 15 to one. It's mined at nine to one, you know, so we should have our day is coming. You know, it's been like Groundhog Day for for my clients and investors because, you know, uh, gold's 2000, 1990, uh, $25 silver, you know, every day, every day, you know, well, our day is coming. Fascinating. Uh, Chuck, we've only got about five minutes left. Um, you still remain hopeful despite all the craziness. Uh, why are you hopeful? And uh, what should Americans be doing uh, as, as a nation and also as individuals as we head into this uh, financial reckoning day? Well, that's that's a good question. You know, um, I have a big concern about where our country's going, uh, that we become, my biggest concern would be we, we become like Nazi Germany, because it happened very slowly, you know, eroding your rights, degrading liberty, and so on. And thank God you're people like you out there uh, uh, exposing this. But uh, we're living in prophetic times, you know, the darkest hours before the dawn. And as a Christian, my degree's in theology, uh, not in economics. And uh, we know that good will triumph over evil. We need to be fight the good fight like you're doing. Um, put our hope in Christ is the most important thing. And he's the only cure for the fatal uh, sin virus that we all have inherited uh, since Adam. So we need that biblical worldview. And see, that's what's, uh, you know, such a culture war we're having. You know, we, we have a postmodern culture, no absolutes. And it comes down to worldviews like nihilism, existential nihilism, that there's no meaning and purpose to life. Well, we know because Christ has come and uh, he lives, we shall live also. Our lives do have purpose and meaning. That's a big reason I wrote my book to get into eschatology about that. Maybe next time we can, you know, uh, where I think things are going in the future of America. But, uh, you know, it's a uh, member. Billy Graham once said that if God doesn't punish America, he owes an apology to Sodom and Gomorrah because uh, it's a moral issue. God, you know, uh, God is not mocked. Yeah, no, it's, it's very true. Unfortunately, so much wickedness has been Coming out of the United States over the last few generations, it's uh, it's inquantifiable with the number of murdered babies and now exporting uh, a lot of this stuff all over the world. Uh, Chuck, sure. we're down to just a few minutes left. Uh, what's your advice for people out there who are watching all this? You know, a lot of our viewers will be pretty familiar with what's going on with the dollar, the, the banksters, yeah. what they're doing. Uh, what are some things that uh, you would urge folks to do to prepare? And, and is there any way out of this as a nation or, or, or is this day of reckoning coming and we're, we're done for well, it's pretty late to drain the swamp when you're neck deep in alligators. <laughs> <And> <laughs> there's so many conspiracies and agendas coming at us. And I don't know about you. I write a newsletter every month. And yeah, I think we just need to be anti-fragile as, as uh, one person. And, uh, you know, in my book, I talk about God, guns, gold and groceries, having the essentials, uh, gear, gasoline. But uh, we need to be prepared for what's coming. And um you know, I can assist people with precious metals. Um, you know, we say in my business that the uh, uh, gold and silver is not getting expensive. The currency is getting cheaper. And that's what we're seeing right now. And I think we're going to, we have another, well, we have bank runs going on right now. And people should lower their exposure to the banks, uh, get into gold and silver. I don't know. I, I, I'd i kind of skip Bitcoin, but uh, um get into tangible assets and be prepared you know up here in idaho we have we're kind of preppers you know we have our gardens and you know everything else and uh, 
But uh, there's a lot more in my book. Chapter eight, I kind of conclude with all those things. And I, I might mention you can get my book at Amazon if you you know want to go there. I also have a signed copy, uh, which includes a two-hour DVD and a special report. If they go to my website, I think it's fifteen dollars, and um, you know uh, provide people with that. So uh, anyway, great to be Excellent. on your show, Alex. Hey, well, I appreciate you coming on, Chuck. Uh, and folks out there, you know, we uh, at The New American, we don't uh, endorse any particular uh, assets or, or people. In fact, we won't even take advertisements from gold and silver dealers uh, just for a number of reasons. But uh, I do hope you'll check out Chuck's website, his book, America's Financial Reckoning Day. has got a lot of important information in it. Uh, Chuck, give us your website one more time before we let you go. Yeah, it's uh, idpconsultinggroup.com. And then go to the homepage there, go down to the bottom. They can sign up for my uh, free newsletter, have something out in a few weeks and, um, you know, look around the website. Excellent. All righty. Um, Chuck Copas, we appreciate you coming on the program, folks. We appreciate you watching. Thanks for tuning in. Um, obviously, strange times we live in. We're doing our best to, to get you guys the information that uh, that you need. It would be helpful. And, um, yeah, we, we've got uh, probably some turbulence coming ahead as we're recording this. We just had uh, the... the uh, Big Bank, as uh, Chuck mentioned, being sold off to J.P. Morgan. Uh, crazy times. All right. Uh, I'm Alex Newman, Senior Editor at The New American Magazine. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, God bless you all. The John Birch Society has been working tirelessly since 1958 to preserve freedom, safeguard the Constitution, and restore our God-given rights. We continually educate voters and lead the freedom movement. Join us as we work against a tyrannical one-world government. United as one, we can defeat this conspiracy against a free America. JBS founder Robert Welch said, education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Join us in restoring this great nation.